Ah, mornings, the sound of birds chirping as the sun gently rises over the horizon, the smell of hot coffee brewing in the kitchen, and the grumblings of cranky night owls everywhere who hate mornings. Hey, friends, and welcome to episode 55 of It's About Time, a podcast sharing stories and strategies to inspire women seeking better work-life balance. I'm your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Cornick, and today's episode is all about the early bird hours of the day. We're talking all about mornings. Well, mostly diving into answers to a super common question that comes my way. How do I become a better morning person? If you struggle to drag yourself out of bed on the daily, or you're falling asleep during your morning Zoom status meeting, or even if you're just looking for a little more pep in your AM step, this episode is just for you. And if you're tuning in and thinking, but Anna, I have no trouble with mornings. I love waking up at the crack of dawn. Just you wait. Your mornings are about to get even better. In this episode, I'm pulling back the covers on whether it's even possible to become a morning person, the three biological chronotypes, which is a fancy way of saying morning person, night person, or somewhere in the middle, and of course, how to figure out which one you are, plus simple tips that you can start implementing tonight to help you have a better morning tomorrow. And this is coming from a lifelong not morning person who has somehow managed to make getting up at 5.05 a regular thing. And yes, you'll also hear the reason why I set my alarm for 5.05 instead of 5 on the dot. So if you're a wannabe morning person, a hardcore night owl, or a longtime early bird looking to make your mornings even better... Keep listening and get ready for some good mornings ahead. And if you know someone who could use some help with being bright-eyed and bushy-tailed in the mornings, share this episode with them. If you're listening in Apple Podcasts, tap the three dots in the bottom right corner and then tap share and send a text with the episode straight to someone who could use a morning boost. And because I know you're probably making the most of your time and listening in the car while you're running errands or doing stuff around the house, I personally like to listen to podcasts on my Echo Dot while I put on makeup in the bathroom. Um, I know it might be a little inconvenient for you to stop what you're doing and take notes as you're listening to this episode, but don't worry because I've got you covered. You can find all the details from this episode over in the show notes, plus links to any of the resources I've mentioned. Today's show notes can be found over at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 55. And if you haven't yet, I encourage you to click that subscribe button to be notified as soon as new episodes and surprise bonus episodes go live. If you like what you hear, I'd be so grateful for your review. Your reviews play a huge role in helping others find It's About Time in the search results. And you might just get a shout out in a future episode, like this one going out to Robin Bruno. Robin Bruno was so kind to leave a five-star rating and review in iTunes for It's About Time. She writes, tremendous value in this content. Everyone should have It's About Time in their weekly podcast listening role. 
Anna provides tremendous value to everyone, no matter what season of life you're in. Simple, actionable steps to get a better grip on your time and life. Listen today, you won't regret it. Robin Bruno, thank you so, so much for that kind review. I am so happy to hear that It's About Time's episodes and guests have been giving you so much value, and I'm grateful that the show is having such an impact on your time and your life. It means the world that you'd take the time to write me a review. Thank you so much for listening and for subscribing. All right. It's about time we get started, so let's get this show on the road. You're listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Around here, we believe that busy is not a badge of honor. Your host, Anna Dearman Cornick, is here to share tips and strategies to help you make the most of your time. Listen in on real conversations and success stories to find out how other go-getters are getting things done. If you're ready to step away from the overwhelm and spend your time on what matters most, then you're in the right place. Here's your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Cornick. What exactly does it take to become a morning person? Is it even possible to become a morning person if you've always been a night owl? And if I'm already an early bird, how can I make my mornings even better? These are all questions that I've gotten in the past few months from friends, in my Instagram DMs, and from members of the It's About Time podcast community. Me personally, I've always thought of myself as a night owl, but I'm finding more and more lately that waking up before the sun comes up isn't so bad after all. So where do we begin? First off, we're going to talk about whether it's possible to become a morning person or if it will always be a struggle for some of us. That will take us to a dive into biological chronotypes and discovering which chronotype we are. And by the way, biological chronotype is just a sciencey way of saying whether you're a natural morning person, night person, or somewhere in between. And yep, turns out there's more than just morning larks and night owls. There's a third bird, and you just might be in that flock with me. Then, once we have an idea of which feathered friend we are, we'll look at three simple steps that anyone, regardless of type, can take to make mornings better than ever. Spoiler alert, good mornings always start the night before, and I've got four things that you can do the night before to set yourself up for AM success. All right, ready? Here we go. Is it possible to become a morning person? Well, yes, and also sort of no. And it also kind of depends on how old you are, and here's why. You know how sometimes during your day you feel totally on point, awake, refreshed, and then sometimes you're totally dragging, usually after lunch, you know, that afternoon lull where you just feel kind of foggy. Sometimes that afternoon lull can feel totally frustrating, but I want you to know that you're not alone in feeling these ups and downs throughout the day. They're totally normal. You see, we're all biologically wired to experience energy peaks and valleys throughout the day. 
In fact, there are three different energy phases that we all experience each day. The peak, the trough, and the rebound. The peak is your highest energy point in the day. This is when you feel amazing. This is your best time for focused work, for deep work that requires concentration. The trough is your valley. It's your lowest energy point in the day. This is when you're totally dragging and you're craving a coffee, a nap, or both. And the rebound is another high energy point, but it's not quite as high as your peak. You're feeling pretty good, you're able to get stuff done, and you're able to focus. But here's the crazy thing. Even though we all have these three energy phases every day, we don't all experience them in the same order or at the same times of day. And that's where your biological chronotype comes in, which as I said before, is a cool way of saying whether you're a chirpy morning lark ready to sing with the sunrise or a night owl who'd rather pull the covers over their head and smash the snooze button for the fifth time. And while we usually group ourselves in one of two feathered flocks, there are actually three biological chronotypes, morning larks, night owls, and third birds. Yes, third birds, that's a thing. So if you've ever felt like you're not quite a morning person, but you're not really a night owl either, you just might be a third bird, like me. I learned about these three biological chronotypes reading Daniel Pink's book, When the Scientific Secrets of Perfect Timing. During my group coaching program this past summer, Take Back Your Life, Eight Weeks from Chaos to Clarity, we spent a week understanding our chronotype and learning how to use it to our advantage throughout the day. If you want to take a deeper look, I'll be sure to link the book when in the show notes for this episode. So let me tell you a little bit about each of these three birds so you can get an idea of where you land. And if you want to be even more exact, head over to the show notes and download the free worksheet I've created for you. It's called Bird is the Word, and with some quick math based on when you fall asleep and wake up, you can pinpoint exactly which one you are. Until you get your hands on that worksheet, listen in and see if you can spot your bird BFF. Okay, we'll start with morning larks. Morning larks, no surprise, feel their best in the early morning hours. They experience the three phases of energy in this order. Peak, trough, and rebound. So they're at their peak in the early morning hours, usually around 6, 7, or 8. Then they have their lowest energy point in the afternoon. And finally, in the early evening, they feel a second wind, another boost of natural energy with their rebound. Larks are obviously our morning people. They're early to bed and early to rise. Remember how I mentioned earlier that you can become a morning person, sort of? Well, what's interesting about chronotypes is that your bird can change throughout your life. Most children 
from toddlers to preteens are larks. Any moms listening whose kids have bounded into their room at 5 a.m. on a Saturday morning already know this. More women are larks than men, and many adults over 60 become larks, even if they experienced different patterns during other parts of life. Also interesting, statistics show that people with fall or winter birthdays tend to be larks. So here are a few fun personality traits most often associated with larks. And remember, these aren't hard rules, just common findings. There are always exceptions to the rule. Larks are often introverted and conscientious, agreeable and persistent. They're known for being emotionally stable and for taking initiative. They're also very likely to make plans for the future. So let's head to the opposite end of the spectrum and meet the owls. Owls are naturally late to bed and naturally late to rise. So remember how larks experience the day in this order, peak, trough, and rebound? For owls, it's the exact opposite. Owls actually start their day in the rebound phase. So in the morning hours, owls can feel okay, but they're definitely not at their best. Then in the afternoon, just like the morning larks, they dip even lower into the trough. And then finally, in the evening, they totally come alive in their peak. So again, morning larks are peak trough rebound, but owls are rebound trough peak. Remember those morning lark kiddos up at the crack of dawn eating candy in the pantry and ordering the Trolls movie from Amazon Prime? <laughs> Once those morning lark children make the transition into their teenage years, they become more owlish. And that owlishness typically lasts through their early 20s. So if you were a total night owl in college, getting your stamp at the bar no earlier than 11 p.m., but now you can't keep your eyes open past 9, that's why. Your owl days just might be behind you. More men than women tend to be natural night owls, and owls are typically born in the spring and summer months. One very interesting thing to note is that owls make up only one-fourth of the population, so they're a lot less common than you might think. Look at you, you rare birds, you! Here are a few common personality traits of the owl. They're known for being open and extroverted, impulsive thrill-seekers. They're typically more creative, have a superior working memory, plus they're generally hilarious. Okay, so we've talked morning larks and we've talked night owls, but what about those third birds? Chances are you, my friend, are a third bird. Call this a mid-morning pigeon, a flamingo ready for brunch, a midday hawk whatever you want. But third birds are those of us who don't fall neatly into the lark or the owl category. Third birds are the most common type and make up 60 to 80% of the population. So like I said, there's a pretty good chance that you're a third bird. 
Just like the morning lark, third birds experience their three daily energy phases in this order. Peak, trough, rebound. But their peak and rebound times are pushed back a bit. Think mid-morning peak instead of early morning and early to mid-evening rebound. And if you're curious about third bird personality traits, they're a bit more unpredictable than the morning lark and the night owl. So consider a third bird personality a mix of both. And if you've listened to me talk about all three birds and you're still not quite sure where you fly, head over to the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 55 to download and print the free printable bird is the word worksheet so you can zero in on which bird you are. Okay, y'all, so I know we could all probably use a little more time in our day, right? You're no stranger to busy schedules and intentionally filling them up to the brim because you just have so much to get done. But sometimes it feels like you don't really ever have the time to just slow down and enjoy the simple things. Simple things like when my toddlers are giggling and playing nicely together in the backyard, or when a Sunday afternoon nap sounds too good to pass up. We all want more time to enjoy these kinds of things, right? Well, if you love personality quizzes like I do, then you're in for a treat. In my new quiz, which you can take for free at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, I'm helping you uncover what it will take to get you from chaos to calm, to finally feel like you have space in your days. I know it can feel downright frustrating to keep using the same old time management strategies that just don't seem to work for you. You've got the planners, the calendars, apps, you're doing all the things, but you still feel like you have no time. And that's because you need time management strategies that work for your personality and your life. In my 10 plus years working in crisis communications and chaos management, in all the time I've spent with my clients, I've learned that everyone has their own needs. And knowing what those needs are can really help you discover the best approach to planning your days. Knowing yourself can help you ease up busy schedules, and find more calm and clarity in your week. Do you wanna know how to get there? To have more breathing room in your days? Let's figure out your time management personality type so you can uncover exactly what you need to do to feel more productive, less stressed, and more balanced. You can take the quiz at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, and I'll make sure to link to the quiz in our show notes. All right, on with the show. So, going back to the original question, is it possible to become a morning person? Biologically, some of us are just born that way. And then we can lean morning lark depending on our stage of life when we're children or senior adults. One thing I truly hope is that by understanding that there are three distinct time types, that you're able to give yourself a little grace if mornings just aren't the easiest for you. And there's no doubt that the working world rewards the early bird tendencies of morning larks. Traditional business hours and school start times are built for larks and are pretty doable for third birds, but are often a struggle for owls. 
And if you have a child, coworker, significant other, or someone else in your life who you can totally spot as being a different bird from you, I hope that you're able to be understanding with them too. I like to believe that most of us really are trying our best and working with what we've got. And in this case, what we've got is our biological chronotype. And for all of my owls who are listening, yes, it is possible for you to have good mornings too. You have a choice. You can use your owlness as an excuse. I can't do mornings because I'm an owl. Or you can choose to find a way to make mornings work for you. So how can we make the most of our mornings regardless of our feathered time type? First, we're going to start with why. Then, we're going to make being good at mornings part of our identity. And finally, we'll start our good morning before we turn off the light the night before. First, starting with why. Anytime you set out to do anything, it's critical to articulate why you want to do that thing in the first place. In his book, The Productivity Project, David Bailey tested out dozens upon dozens of different productivity hacks over the course of a year to figure out what worked and what didn't. After reading that tons of the most productive people, from CEOs and entrepreneurs to scientists and artists, wake up at 5 a.m., he set out to do the same. He found that for him, Waking up at 5 a.m. was totally miserable because he didn't really have a good reason for getting up that early. He had evening hours pretty open and available to him, and there really was no good reason for him to get up that early. For me, on the other hand, and I'm sure for many of you, it's a much different story. As a mom to a toddler with a strict deadline for daycare pickup, I just don't have the option to blow past 4.30 and keep working. And once I shut down for the day, my evening hours are totally spoken for until around 7.30 with dinner prep, bath time, and bedtime routine. Maybe you don't have kids at home like I do, but instead you spend your evening hours on volunteer activities, nonprofit meetings, or other things, And you want to take advantage of those early morning hours for things like working out, personal development, or meditation. If you want to incorporate more intentional personal development into your mornings, back in episode 19, I dedicated an entire episode to designing a next-level morning routine that includes meditation, affirmations, and other ways to start your day. Regardless of your reason, before you set out to become a better morning person, your first step is to articulate your why. If you don't have a clear purpose in mind for getting up and you know that you struggle to climb out of the bed, it's going to be nearly impossible to pull yourself out of bed for no good reason. So ask yourself, why? Why do I want to be a better morning person? And then once you have that first answer, maybe it's to work out. Maybe it's to squeeze in an hour of work. Maybe it's just to have some stillness before your family wakes up. Once you have your first answer, ask yourself why again. Why do you want to work out? 
Why do you want to get in an extra hour of work? Why do you want that stillness before your family wakes up? What would that give you? Would working out enable you to feel more confident in your skin? To prove to yourself that you can run a marathon? Does that extra hour of work get you closer to a promotion or the next level in your business journey? Does that stillness enable you to step into your day feeling calm, prepared, and peaceful? Is that your time in scripture or a devotional that strengthens your spiritual relationship with God? Knowing your why is critical. A few weeks ago in episode 51, I shared that a typical work week for me only has room for about 20 to 25 hours of work. I can eke out 30 to 35 if I skip all of my workouts and go back to work after Camilla goes down for the night. But I need exercise and I need time to unwind in the evenings in order to bring my best self to the next day. Right around the time I published episode 51, I started experimenting with waking up earlier a few days a week to get in some writing during the early morning hours. My big why for waking up before the sunrise? I want to write and publish a book that makes time management more accessible, easier to understand, and take action. I know based on my research that there are certain things that need to happen before I'm in a good place to even start that book proposal. So while the exact work I'm doing might change on a morning-by-morning basis, It all ties in to getting me one step closer to a book proposal. So when my alarm goes off at 5.05, I know exactly why I'm getting up and out of bed. And that's so I can write and publish a book that will help women like you live with less overwhelm and more intention. And if you're curious, why 5.05? Why not 5 a.m. or 5.15? That seems weird. Well, maybe so. Here's my weird Anna logic. Five o'clock on the dot is just one minute away from 4.59. 4.59 just seems so early. Something about 5.05 just feels more doable. Like it's far enough away from the four o'clock hour to feel realistic. Look, it doesn't have to make sense. It just has to work. So the moral of the story is find what works for you. Before I move on to step two, I want you to answer the question right now. What's your reason? What is your why for having better mornings? Got it? Okay, good. Once you know your why for waking up early and becoming a better morning person, the second step is to tie mornings to your identity. If you've been listening to It's About Time for a while, you've probably heard me mention James Clear's book, Atomic Habits. In this book, one of Clear's first steps for starting any new habit is to make it a part of who you are. The words we use to describe ourselves and our internal self-talk is powerful, y'all. And if you tell yourself, I suck at mornings or I just don't do mornings, that's exactly what's going to happen. You'll act in a way that is in line with your beliefs and your statements. 
negative self-talk, whether about your ability to do mornings or something completely different, has a lot of, you guessed it, negative consequences. Among others, it can limit our ability to see opportunities. It increases perfectionism. Negative self-talk can lead to feelings of depression, insecurity, and a heightened sense of stress. So now that you know your why for being a better morning person, flip the script on any morning negativity that you've been holding on to. Start to bring awareness to those moments when you catch yourself thinking, oh, I hate mornings, or I just can't get up early, and replace it with something neutral or positive, like, I can do mornings, or I can get out of bed because of my why. And like James Clear recommends for starting new habits, tell yourself, I am someone who is good at mornings. And before long, you'll begin to act accordingly. Your actions will align with your words and your thoughts. You'll make tiny decisions that begin to add up to morning success. And those tiny decisions bring us to step three, winning your morning by making the most of the night before. In episode 24 of It's About Time, Rachel Henry, the director of event management at Louisiana State University, openly admitted that in her family of four, zero out of four of them are bright-eyed, bushy-tailed morning people. But because she recognizes that, they make the most of evenings and prep in advance. Prepping lunches, prepping school clothes, doing as much as possible the night before so they can make their way through the morning. Four easy things that you can do the night before to set yourself up for morning success. First, actually write out your morning routine schedule with times and everything. You usually only have to do this once or twice, but being realistic about how much time the different parts of your morning take will help you figure out what to keep and what to cut. Second, set out all of your most important things. Can never find your keys? Forget your lunch, your gym bag, your planner? Load the car the night before if you can, or put everything in a bag by the door so you don't miss it when you walk out. Third, plug your phone into charge across the room from your bed. Sure, it's easy to make excuses, but Anna, I use my phone as an alarm. Well, cool. I bet you can still hear it from across the room if you turn up the volume. Charging your phone away from your bed takes away some of the temptation to stay up and scroll. Plus, it decreases your exposure to the blue light emitted from your screen. And yes, even when you put your phone on nighttime mode, you're still getting blue light that affects your melatonin, aka sleep hormone production. Fourth and finally, get enough sleep. Most adults need an average of seven to nine hours of sleep each night. Figure out what your body needs and get in bed. Blackout curtains, a sleep mask, and a sound machine, or even a free white noise app on your phone, plugged in across the room, of course, can all be super helpful in getting the shut eye you need. And I'll link to my favorites in the show notes. 
And if you're listening right now and you have a newborn or other little one at home with a tough sleep schedule, I'm sending you a hug. Remember that this is just a season and it won't last forever. I remember after having Camilla, I wondered if I would ever feel rested again in my entire life or if this was just the new normal. Fortunately, she found a good sleep schedule and those nights with multiple wake-ups now are few and far between. Oh, and now I get to start all over again in March when little Cornick number two arrives. I should probably start stocking up on Beauty Counter Eye Revive cooling masks now. So to recap those four things you can do the night before, write out your morning routine to make sure it makes sense, set out all of the important things, plug your phone in across the room so you're not tempted to scroll, and get enough sleep based on what your body needs. There are probably a whole host of other things you could do the night before to set yourself up for a good morning, regardless of whether you're a morning lark, a night owl, or a third bird. You could find a morning accountability partner. You could use a habit tracker like the one I shared in episode 40. The possibilities really are endless, and with your positive self-talk, you'll be able to see the opportunities more clearly as they present themselves. Okay, final recap on how to be a better morning person. Start by figuring out your biological chronotype. If you're still not sure or you want to double check, head over to abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 55 to download the bird is the word worksheet and find out if you're a morning lark, a night owl, or a third bird. Then know your why. If you don't have a compelling reason for being a better morning person, you're not going to take action. Next, flip the script on the negative self-talk. Make mornings a part of your identity and you'll find ways to follow through. And finally, set yourself up for success by starting your good morning the night before. So there you have it. No, You can't rewire your biology, but yes, you absolutely can become a better morning person. I would love to know if you are a morning lark, a night owl, or a third bird like me. So I'm inviting you to join me over in the It's About Time podcast community on Facebook and let me know. You can find a link to join us over in the show notes, or you can head straight to abouttimepodcast.com forward slash community. As always, all the details from today's episode can be found in the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 55. And while you're there, don't forget to download the bird is the word printable worksheet so you can find out once and for all which feathered flock you are a member of. All right, that's all for today. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Head over to www.abouttimepodcast.com to join the conversation. Check out the show notes and dive into bonus content so you can start living your best life today. Love this episode? Be sure to share it with a friend, subscribe, and leave a review. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next episode.